This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hey, my friends, Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, the last episode of the week and our Fast Track Friday episode, where I look back at this week's episodes and see some common trends and themes and come up with a great strategy for you that's been working for me and my students that you can take away as well. Well, this week on the podcast, one thing that really stood out to me a lot was the idea of how do we get good at playing jazz, even if we don't have our instrument around. In other words, how can we practice away from our instrument? And I talked a lot about the idea of listening to jazz and how simply by listening to jazz, we can improve. And so I want to go a little bit further with that today and give you a little bit of a strategy for how to deeply listen to jazz music to not only learn from it, but also enjoy it a lot more. Because when it comes down to it, jazz is it's really a music that's worth listening deeply to, right? There's more to it than just a catchy melody or a catchy beat. All of those things great that you can hear in popular music, but with jazz, there's so much intricacy happening. And especially as players that are trying to play this music, it's good to exercise the muscle of being hyper aware of what's actually happening And it does make a difference. Once you feel all of those nuances of jazz, when you actually go out to play it yourself, subconsciously, you're so much more aware of what's going on around you, which helps you react and play more naturally as a jazz improviser. Okay? So here's how you listen deeply to jazz music. And I kind of went over this with a workshop a year ago with our Inner Circle members Uh, We went over this workshop of deep listening, and so I'm grabbing some ideas from here. So the first thing is when you go and you listen to a song, let's just say it's Freddie Freeloader by Miles Davis. You go and listen to it, and you first just start by going, I'm going to mark the form throughout this. So for example, let's just say, you know, here's the one chord, and here's the four chord, and here's the one chord, right? Every time you're hitting those new chords, you're just simply marking where they are. And what's that helping you do as you go through listening to the song and listening through all the solos? Well, it's helping you feel the time better. It's helping you know where you're at in the form. If you ever had that problem with getting lost in the form before, well, just something simple to practice is listen to recordings of that song, but try to find your place and keep your place in the form, whether it be calling out you know, chords at the beginning of a section or even calling out the sections, let's say it's an A-A-B-A form. So just saying A section, right? And you keep listening and then A section and then B section and then A section, right? Just having that extra awareness and focus to what you're listening to and where you're at in the music 
is one simple way that you can start grabbing more from it. The next thing you can start to do is listen to individual instruments. In fact, this is where it gets a little bit fun for me and a little bit nerdy. I did this in this workshop with our Inner Circle members. We listened to essentially Miles Davis's solo on this. And the first thing I had everybody do as we went through and listened through the song is I had them listen to only Miles Davis. I asked everybody, just focus on Miles Davis and only Miles Davis and try to tune out the bass, the drums, the piano, everything else. Just focus on Miles Davis. So we went through, we listened to Miles Davis solo and I asked everybody in the workshop to you know raise their hands and tell me what they heard about what Miles Davis was playing. And it was really interesting to hear what everybody was saying. Some people were talking about his dynamics, right? That they were hearing. Some people were talking about the simplicity of his phrases. Some people were talking about the motific development that was was going on in his solos. Um, some people were able to reference a very specific part, right? Or some people were referring to the way he went into this register and it evoked a different kind of emotion, right? We had people say doing technical observations and emotional observations, right? And that's because they were just tuning everything out and only listening to Miles Davis. Then I asked everyone to listen to it again, but only listen to Wynton Kelly, the piano player, the comping instrument in this case for Miles Davis' solo. And that's all we did. So we really just did our best to tune out Miles Davis and everybody else and just listen to Wynton Kelly. And then I did the same thing. I asked everybody to raise their hands and tell me what they observed. Well, a lot of people were like, wow, I can't believe the way that when Kelly was utilizing rhythms and, you know, the offbeats he was playing and how as Miles Davis, you know, moved into the second chorus, like his voicings and his rhythms became more full and, you know, expressive versus short and rhythmic. These observations that people were never hearing before because they just focused really hard on what one instrument was doing. Of course, we went through this process some more. We said, listen only to the bass, right? Then we did the drums. One observation people made with the drums is we went forward and we listened to both Miles Davis's solo and Hank Mobley's solo. And, you know, the drummer, I believe it's it was Max Roach. I think it was Max Roach on that album. Um, or is it Philly Joe? I think it might be Philly Joe on that. He's starting out playing halftime right and 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 kind of just sticking with his hi hat right playing with Miles Davis solo but then when it goes into Hank Mobley's solo he switches over to the ride cymbal and it completely opens up everything right and these are things that you might not notice and you won't be paying attention to unless you were out to critically listen to what's happening there okay so this is deep listening for me we can do it by listening to individual instruments we can do it by listening for song forms and, and certain parts of the song. We can also do this by listening to different recordings. Like, what's the difference between one recording of the same song and the other? We also did this in our workshop a year ago. Is We listened to Someday My Prince Will Come, Miles Davis's version. And then we listened to Martin Taylor and Julian Lodge playing the same version and you know, how did they feel about that? And what was different between that version, the Miles Davis's version, right? And all of a sudden, all this creativity and excitement came out. And it turns out that when we got some feedback about 
the retreat that we ran, that that was one of everybody's favorite workshops because it actually could be a really fun and enjoyable experience when you're doing this. It can be so much fun. So my challenge for you today or, or this week is to spend one listening session going through some of these steps and just see how you feel about it. Because again, not only will you walk away having learned something or become more aware or internalize jazz in a different way and, and AKA improve your playing, but you'll also find that you're having funner listening to jazz. Like you get kind of giddy and geeky about it. And that's the reason we're doing this in the first place is to have fun with jazz. And so this is a simple way you can do all of this away from your instrument. All right, my friends, that is all for today's Fast Track Friday episode. Hey, if you could do a favor for me, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, head on over to the app and leave us a rating and review telling other people why you're enjoying the podcast and let everybody know what's been something that you've been loving about the show and why would you recommend it to somebody else? It's just helpful when people are perusing through their podcasts and they see a lot of five-star rating and reviews to just go, hey, this might be a podcast worth listening to. So if you feel that way about the show, I would greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for doing that. Of course, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast because next week we have another great set of questions. And maybe one of these questions is going to be the answer that you need to make a big forward movement in your jazz playing and you know, a big aha light bulb moment. So you never know. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any one of them. My friends, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.